Good morning, Antioch Church. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, it seems like every year I've uh, been to Antioch Church, I think except for the last two years, but I think even last year I was here uh, briefly. Uh, since 2008, uh, I've been uh, part of the family of Antioch Church doing uh, the work of Jesus Christ. So we are pretty connected, uh, and uh, I, I bless the Lord for that. I'm here with my wife, Faith. She's there. Maybe you can just stand up and... Yes. Uh, God has blessed us with now three children. I brought you some pictures. Uh, our eldest, our eldest uh, girl is... Aliyah, she's 10 years old. That's her picture up there. And then uh, Aliyah is followed by Albright, who is seven years old. And, uh, <laughs> and Albright is followed by Alvin. Uh, Alvin is four years old. They're back home and uh, uh, they're, 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 they're doing well. We miss them. They miss us, but they're, they're doing well. Uh, hallelujah. Oh, you're not an amen church. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to ask you to help me out because uh, uh, in Uganda when I preach, sometimes, I, I've told you this before, some of you have been here, sometimes I say praise the Lord and people say amen. And I say hallelujah and people say amen. So it will really, really help me out because uh, in my mind I'm thinking it's coming, so I pause for it. So, <laughs> so when I say praise the Lord, please say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. That'll be, that'll be very helpful. Like, like I said, my relationship with Antioch Church goes back all the way to the reason that we first, uh, Faith and I first came to the U.S. Because we first came to, to the United States to go to school at Multnomah University. And we were able to do that because a couple that actually used to attend Antioch Church uh, uh, took us on their wings and they became our uh, family and our support. And uh, that's how Faith and I were able to go through seminary and college at Multnomah University. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and so since then, uh, uh, we came in 2007, and so since 2008, uh, Faith and I have been part of Antioch Church uh, and spoken here at least once every year, just give, being, uh, giving testimony on what God is doing in and through our lives. And then uh, 2011, we both went back to Uganda and we inherited a church. Brought a picture for you. Um, so we inherited a church in a small tent at a small place that was struggling. In fact, uh, I remember my first Sunday there, uh, some, some people stood outside of that fence and other people stood inside of that fence and uh, some had stones and clubs. Actually, both groups had stones and clubs. Uh, and uh, one group was, we are coming in, that's our church. And the other group was, you're not coming in, this is our church. So it was that dysfunctional when, we, when uh, the Lord 
called us to take on the church. Um, and so uh, really it came to a place where most people really left and uh, we started with about 15 of those, of those people to lead the church. Um, 2011, 2012, we decided to replant the church. So we started a process, and in 2013, we relaunched it in a different location uh, uh, and uh, in, in such a, a tent. So since 2013, God has grown the work, and we have begun, we began to see momentum uh, moving forward. A number of other ministries have come out of it, a number of other programs, as I've shared with uh, some of you have been around for some time. Because when we went in, we knew the community needed a strong church, a strong but also a model church that really declares the gospel uh, uncompromisingly without fear or favor to the kingdom of the enemy. And so we went in and began the city church uh, leading it. And through it, a number of different programs have come out of it. Uh, and I'll be showing you a video at the end of the sermon uh, of some of the programs that have come out of it, like Fit for Life program that trains young entrepreneurs. We've trained over 54 entrepreneurs. We've uh, started over 13 businesses that are running in Kampala for, for young people, each of the businesses employing three or more other people uh, in them. We've uh, started a kindergarten, a school, um, and then uh, we have a, girl, a, a, a home for girls that we call Hope House, 12 girls that uh, stay in each of those homes. Then uh, uh, as we progress forward, we are in a rental situation uh, then uh, uh, in 2015, we purchased a piece of land within the middle of the city. Um, and, uh, and so last year, we began construction on that land. Our dream, as you saw in the previous picture, is to make that entire place a ministry center where all these programs that we are doing can be consolidated in that one place and we, in a way, invade the entire community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, both by the proclamation of the word, but also with acts of mercy and, uh, and uh, real engagement in the community. So since last year when I was here, we started uh, clearing that place to move from where we had been to our own location. And this year, January, we are able to to, to do that, uh, to, to set up new tents and, uh, uh, and uh, put up new offices. And, and we started meeting in this new location. And God has been wonderful, uh, seeing tremendous things and, and growth in just these last four months. Over 100 people have been added to the church. The children, uh, uh, 100 adults, but for the children, the children... Uh, the thing has just gone way out of hand. Uh, we, we, we have over 450 children every Sunday now. And, and we couldn't fit on the land. So uh, when you see the red, the red roofs on, 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 on this side is a, is a club that we also are believing God to purchase. It's a nightclub. 
Uh, but now the children go and, and use that. We rent that now in the last uh, th- uh, three weeks. Started renting that whole place. So God is doing uh, amazing work in Luzida and uh, growing the work. So uh, Antioch Church, thank you for your partnership. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for rooting for us and the kingdom of God. And today, uh, one of my goals is to try to do something I've never done uh, in my church, which is preach for a very short time. Uh, but uh, I hopefully can make Pete look bad for you if I make it that short. I, I don't think I will be able to do it, but uh, let, let's see where we will go. We are going to talk about uh, prayer. We are talking about uh, the Lord's Prayer, and particularly uh, the, the, the particular area of uh, let your kingdom come. Now, I wanted to start uh, by laying a foundation that uh, will give us a great base for where we are going to be going today. Uh, and, and this is uh, simple, and yet it also forms the background of our Christian approach to life in general, but this background also forms or needs to inform uh, our prayer life. So I wanted to first of all start by laying that particular foundation for you, and you might have uh, knowledge of this, or this might be new to you, uh, but I think you're gonna, you, you, uh, the Lord is going to use it for us. Now, the way the Lord created human beings, for us humans, we are made in three parts. We are, we are a three uh, in a way. We are body, soul, and spirit. Now, the body, which is also in the scriptures we refer to as the flesh, is this outside you. That is the you that we all can see or that which I interact with the world outside me and the outside stimuli. That's the flesh, the body, what I see, what you see. But then the soul, which is also called the mind, is the seat of our emotions, uh, the seat of our thoughts, our desires, our feelings. And this is really the place in the, uh, of the human being where decisions are made, where our feelings, in a way, originate from, and then we make decisions from. But then we are also spirit. Now, spirit is also referred to in the scriptures as the inner man. This is the part of you and me that actually interacts with the spiritual reality around us. It is with the spirit that we connect with and interact with God. When we talk about salvation, or what Jesus referred to as being born again, it is the spirit of God that then connects and unites with our spirit, causing your spirit or your your inner man to be responsive to God again. 
Now, salvation is then your spirit connecting or entering into a union with the spirit of God. Isn't that amazing? That your spirit, my spirit, enters into a union with the spirit of God. And that means, oh, that's when the words of Jesus make great sense that he is in me as I am in him. And so that understanding, the understanding of that mystery that we are trying to, that I'm telling you, that I am united with Jesus. I'm united with God. I'm united with his spirit. That is the thrust of the gospel. It is the understanding of that mystery that gives life to our Christian living and it indeed is what gives life to our prayer life. It's the understanding that I am united with the spirit of God. I am in union with Christ. Now, as a child growing up in today's Mother's Day, uh, and I, I love this day so much because first of all, in Uganda, we don't celebrate it. We celebrate Women's Day, but I have a, specific, a particular attachment to my mother because first of all, I'm, here, I'm the last born, and I don't know here, but in Uganda, last borns are spoiled like crazy. <laughs> so I've always been very, very close to my mother. And uh, in fact, Pete mentioned Faith and I came with books. Uh, Faith's book is particularly targeted to ladies. It's, it's a princess at heart. Uh, for ladies, and uh, my book, Powerful Living, has a lot of stories. In fact, a lot of those stories, many of the, the stories you'll find in that book are from my mother. Because uh, a lot of what I have learned about prayer, actually, she modeled for me. She was a, such a great influence. Now, I don't ever remember a day or a night in our home where a night where we would go to bed without prayer in the house. No, a morning where we would walk, wake up and not have prayer in the house. In fact, I remember several nights when I would wake up in the night and mom is kneeling and laying hands over me, praying over me. So she modeled prayer and a prayer life for me. Uh, however, personally, I, 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 I didn't really fully give my life to Christ 
until I was 14. At the age of 14, the reality of the gospel became uh, very vivid to me, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Because my mother had modeled prayer so well for me, I knew it is one way, it is one thing that needs to mark my life. And I wanted to pray. And I tried to pray. And I, and I began to seek out, what does it mean to pray? But I don't know about you, it was hard. And, uh, and, uh, and sometimes because uh, my, my mama would get on her knees and she would just go on and, and go on and we would sleep. She would go on. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I, after I really gave my life to Jesus, I didn't want to sleep in the prayers. I wanted to pray. So I began looking out and started reading books on prayer and began hearing people say, talk about what prayer is. And I got a number of definitions someone told me, well, prayer is talking to God. And uh, I said, okay, let's talk to God. The only challenge is that, uh, I don't know about you, but have you ever had a conversation with someone that isn't talking back? Pretty soon you run out of words, right? The conversation doesn't keep forward. And, and I began, I tried to talk to God. I wanted him to talk back, but prayer was talking to him. And then someone else told me, no, 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 no. Prayer is not talking to God. Prayer is communication with God. It's a two-way. You speak to God, and God speaks to you. And I said, yep. That sounds attractive. I want to talk to him and he talks to me. Let's have a conversation. So I would literally, I, I, would, I would go and sit and say, God, now I've come. Let's have a conversation. I wanted to learn how to pray. But I would wait for that conversation and uh, trying to hear him speak but I was trying to hear him speak with my mind. And so the conversation pretty soon uh, fell off the grid. Oh, my mind would drift and go to other things. And uh, I'd be praying for this and then I'd begin to think about the food we left back at home or the teacher, or something. I would, uh, my mind would drift to all other things. Until I found out another definition of prayer uh, that I, I, right now, that I ascribe to. That prayer is not just talking to God. It involves talking to God. Prayer is not just a conversation with God. It involves communicating with God. But prayer... Is deeper than that. Prayer is communion. It's communion 
with God. That in prayer, it's not just the words that I am saying to God. It is the fellowship that I am having with God. And prayer, therefore, does not simply start with the words that I say. But it starts with the relationship I have surrendered to. Prayer starts with my posture, not my words. Let me say that again. Prayer starts with my posture, not my words. And that's exactly what you run into in Luke chapter 11 as Jesus teaches us how to pray and what to say when we pray. If you came with your Bible, would you please open Luke chapter 11? And today we are digging into verses 2. Which starts by, it says, so he said to them, which means we are, we are starting in the middle of the conversation. And uh, you have looked at the conversation before, which, which began by a certain disciple of Jesus Christ asking him. Having seen Jesus pray, having experienced Jesus pray, uh, he tells Jesus, can you also teach us how to pray like John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. So then Jesus began to tell them that when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, allow it be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but many times when I'm coming into a place of prayer, I, I come with some specific things I would like to pray for. Or a specific situation that I want him to deal with. And having grown up in a, a religious family, I find that uh, my mind runs pretty soon to specific asks from God. And yet as Jesus comes to teach us how to pray and says, this is where you start from. Start from our Father who is in heaven. Allah be your name. Relationship. 
And then come to let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he says, that is the starting place of prayer. And as I meditate and think about and study these words, I come to understand that it is really not just the recitation of these words that Jesus is after. It helps us to keep in mind these words, but it is not simply the recitation of these words that Jesus is after. It is that when I come, it is an attitude that I carry into the place of prayer. When I come to pray, as I say, let your kingdom come, I'm not simply saying words and reciting them to God as though he does not know them. I am coming with an attitude. It's a posture you, you approach the Lord with as you come in prayer. And so, when I'm saying let your kingdom come here on earth, it is this understanding that I, I come with at this place of prayer. It's the understanding that regardless of whatever I want, heaven's delight has to take precedence. But then, how am I to understand heaven's delight? How am I to understand heaven's pleasure? How am I to understand his will? How am I to understand what heaven would want to do in my situation or in that particular instance as I come in the place of prayer. Except, except by the Spirit of God who is in me. I find that for our Christian life, the awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us is simultaneously an awareness of heaven in us. And so, as I come to say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth. It is a place of personal surrender, but it is not simply a place of just personal surrender. It is a place of complete abandonment. Not just complete abandonment, but indeed that abandonment, in that humility of abandonment is a yielding to the spirit of God who is in me. Hmm. 
And so, as I start out to pray, then I know it is not I, but the Spirit of God that must pray. For I do not know what to pray for as I ought. But the Spirit of God knows the mind of God. And because he knows the mind of God, he will cause prayer to come out of me that is in accordance to the will of God and not my will. So the place of me coming and saying, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's really a place of surrender and yielding to the spirit that before I begin to say, Let, uh, 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 thy will be done, I mean, give us this day our daily bread, forgive us. Before I begin to bring my petition, my supplication, my other things, I come armed with an attitude and a posture that I don't really know, but inside me is one that knows to whom I yield, and then out of me then comes the prayer that is not my will, but God's will. And I can, I can tell even right now as, as I speak this, that this is a place that uh, unfortunately is not very familiar to many people, even in church. Because rarely have we learned to not simply go with words to our place of prayer, but rather to go in an attitude of surrender. In an attitude and a posture of, it's you, not me. It's about you, not me. It's about what heaven wants. It's about God. And that's where prayer starts from. It's about God, not me. And that's why uh, I tell my people back home, because this is a place that is a a little foreign to many of us uh, haven't practiced this as much. If you really want to learn more of this, start going through the book of Psalms. Because Psalms, the, as David interacts with the Lord and with God, he teaches us That it comes to a place where you run out of yourself and then God takes over. But it is that time, that place that we know that as you start to read the book of Psalms, it's not a book that is just read. It's a book that then reads you. And it's a book that we pray 
Because at that point, as I come to God, I need to have the awareness that unless I have yielded to him, unless I allow the fact that truthfully, you and I are so connected with God and continue to bring that understanding to my consciousness, then it is hard for me to actually pray even for the simplest of things. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, today, I, I feel that was my assignment to you today. It was uh, what I needed to bring to you today is every time we come to the Lord's prayer and say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We've entered into a relationship. And now in that relationship, we posture ourselves for surrender and abandonment into that relationship of the Father. But it is not a relationship that is far away from us. It is that what God has done in salvation, he has connected us and united us to his spirit. And so the first thing I do as I come into the place of prayer is to surrender to surrender and yield myself to the communion of the Spirit. And in that way, I can be able to say, not my will, but your will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. Because then your Spirit is taking over from me. Praise the Lord.